Inspiring solutions to save America one show at a time. Are you ready to get on board? Two sources confirmed to NBC News that Obama and Biden met over lunch in December. I mean, you got the first mainstream African-American who is articulate and bright and, and clean and nice-looking guy. And discussed the campaign with Obama expressing deep concern about Mr. Trump's political strength. One of the Democratic candidates, Joseph Biden, have you seen the problem he's been having? He went around and made a speech. He quoted a, I think it was a British politician, took his speech and kind of paraphrased it as his own. You're a lying dog-faced pony soldier. And then he was charged also with taking part of Bobby Kennedy's speeches. And Biden says, we have nothing to fear but fear itself. (laughs) Speak softly and carry a big stick. Three hours of bold truth and excellence. You've just signed up for the WBR Army. Welcome aboard. This is the Wendy Bell Radio Program. God save the queen, man. Welcome back. Hour number two of the Wendy Bell Radio program. Delighted to be with you. You have to imagine waking up as a Democrat in this country today would be awful. No wonder they're such angry individuals. There's that always. Why? Because you're part of a party that has abandoned any kind of core principles that are about we the people, one for all, all for one, about fairness and facts and doing what's right and caring and all of that, and instead has become this garbled mess of emotional yuck. And they're losing. They're getting dropped in every single category. No wonder they're so angry. And the people they put in these positions, right, to elevate, oh, it's a black woman. Wow, that's exciting. When was the last time that that impressed you? Do you guys look at people and say, oh, and base them by the color of their skin? Or say, oh, they're gay. Ooh, I just want somebody who does a good job. It's very basic. We're very basic people. It's not complicated. I don't care that you're black. I don't care that you're a woman. You know, and I think about this Claudine Gay. I really do. She is a symptom of a much larger disease. She was created the same way Barack Obama was created. These are people for whom a likeness was envisioned and they were molded and sculpted to be the representation of a shell. Something that optics fools you into a sense of security about. But when you peel back the shell... And you look inside at the substance, there is not the qualification. There isn't the the ability. There isn't the proven track record. When we allow people to continually fail upwards, that's what you get. Failure. This Fanny Willis lady. Fanny Fanny, I don't I don't care. She's a piece of toxic work. She's as toxic as Letitia James, who wakes up every day dreaming of destroying Donald Trump. I mean, can you imagine if that was your life? No wonder they're such miserable, wretched people. I don't wish somebody who looks differently than I to fail, but I also don't think they should get a free pass. I don't think they should ascend a ladder of suck and and make decisions that affect us that harm us, 
period. That's what we have. You guys get this headline. Atlanta Journal-Constitution. Filing alleges improper relationship between Fulton DA and a top Trump prosecutor. Wait, what's this? This is so weird because I know this Fulton DA, Fannie Willis. Well, this new filing in the election interference case against Donald Trump and 18 co-defendants alleges Nathan Wade, who, by the way, has never tried a felony in his career, used the money he was paid by Fannie Willis's DA's office, uh, $650,000, to take her... On lavish trips. What? Wait, what? This is not right. Well, let's go. Fannie Willis hired an alleged romantic partner as a special prosecutor, court motion says. So as so many of you are pitching in and rising up and pushing back and giving to Amos Miller, our Amish farmer, who's being targeted in the state of Pennsylvania for trying to live a free life, right? So, too, are defendants in this ridiculous, labyrinthine nightmare that Donald Trump and all these 18 co-defendants are in. This guy, all right, let's give you this. Bombshell public filing alleging that special prosecutor Nathan Wade, who's a private attorney, Paid for lavish vacations he took with Willis using the Fulton County funds his law firm received. Wait a minute. District Attorney Fannie Willis improperly hired an alleged romantic partner to prosecute Donald Trump and financially benefited from their relationship? According to this court motion filed Monday, which argued the criminal charges in the case were unconstitutional. This is the sound of my face blowing up, okay? County records show that Nathan Wade, who has played a prominent role in the election interference case, has been paid nearly $654,000 in legal fees since January 2022. And it is the DA, his lover. By the way, he's a married man. The DA is the one who authorizes his compensation. Does anybody else out there feel like all these people are getting rich? Right? Everybody's getting rich and we're paying for it. Cartels are getting rich. People who are allowing the cartels to do what they do, they're getting rich. Governors are getting rich. All of these people, including some goofball named Nathan Wade. So this motion, which is filed on behalf of a defendant named Michael Roman, he's one of those people pushing back, ladies and gentlemen. A former Trump campaign official seeks to have the charges against Roman dismissed and for Willis Wade and the entire DA's office to be disqualified from further prosecution of the case. Boom. So a Willis spokesperson said the DA's office will respond to the allegations through appropriate court filings, which is code for, oh, crap, (laughs) they found out. I knew we shouldn't have taken that trip to Napa. (laughs) I knew we shouldn't have booked that Royal Caribbean cruise to the Caribbean because they did that while he was married. (laughs) So, you know, that monogamous relationship, it's so yesterday. (laughs) 
The document offers no concrete proof of the romantic ties between Willis and Wade, but says sources close to both the special prosecutor and the district attorney have confirmed they have had an ongoing personal relationship. So Roman's lawyer, this is the defendant, this is the former Trump campaign official who's gotten ensnarled in this whole wild goose chase of suck in an attempt to take down Donald Trump. His lawyer, a woman named Ashley Merchant, said she reviewed the case file in Wade's ongoing divorce proceedings at the Superior County Clerk's office and made copies of certain documents. Seems like he filed for divorce the day before or after she hired him to be a special prosecutor, Fanny Willis did. God, this is so dirty. Mm. The case file was later improperly sealed because no court hearing was held as required by law. So wait a minute. <laughs> the attorneys for a defendant who was a former Trump campaign official who's gotten bogged down in all of this litigation in this wild, crazy chase to take down Donald Trump the attorney goes, finds these documents that later, boom, somehow magically get sealed. You're not allowed to look at that. Oh, really? Well, because the case remains under seal, Merchant said she's not sharing the information she obtained from the divorce file until the seal is lifted. She also said she's asking a judge to unseal that case file. It's unclear if the explosive issues raised in the filing undermine the validity of the indictment against Trump and the remaining 14 co-defendants, or simply muddy the waters by questioning Willis's professional ethics. Does she have ethics? One ethics expert said of the allegations, if true, raised serious questions. This guy named Stephen Gillers, a professor emeritus at New York University Law School, who's written extensively about legal and judicial ethics and a closer look, said a closer look of Willis's decision-making is needed before it can be determined whether the indictment should be dismissed. If the allegations are true, he said, Willis was conflicted in the investigation and the prosecution of this case and wasn't able to bring the sort of independent professional judgment her position requires. Well, so wild. So wait a minute. $650,000 is is paid to this guy, Nathan Wade's office. She's allegedly sleeping with the guy, right? I know, I'm sorry, Brock, was that offensive to you? He's having a hard time behind the glass. I could see you feeling a little <clears throat> gross, but I get it. So let's just review. A new filing shows Fannie Willis hired a dude who'd never prosecuted a felony case before, but managed to float $654,000 of taxpayer money, of course, to his office for his quote-unquote special prosecutorial assistance. Nathan Wade, argued by this court filing, then used some of that money to take Fannie Willis on trips to Napa Valley. Let's go taste some wines, shall we? And to go to Florida. Ah! beautiful this time of year, to hop on a cruise, go visit the Caribbean islands, right? Doesn't it feel so damn gross? Because it is. We're going to seal these documents. Dude filed for divorce right after he's hired as a special prosecutor. I'm pretty sure this guy thought his ship was coming in. Uh-oh. 
ladies and gentlemen. Do not go anywhere. Because, of course, if these charges are true, Willis may have committed honest services fraud, which is a federal crime. When we come back on the Wendy Bell Radio program, my friends, this is what happens when a judge protects a dirtbag secretary of state. Who am I talking about? We'll stay in Georgia a bit and talk about Brad Raffensperger next. This uh, Brad Raffensperger cat, Secretary of State, alleged Republican in Georgia, is one dirty, dirty guy. You know, he knew several years ago that the election system used in Georgia had known breaches in its security. He knew about this. He knew for years about this and did absolutely nothing about it. And then Brad Raffensperger just announced that the state will not get around to installing these security patches for these election machines until after the 2024 election. Do you know what that means? Brad Raffensperger is an agent of the Democrats. He is a uniparty hack. And it is totally outrageous that he does not have to testify in an upcoming case challenging Georgia's election machines. I'm going to go with if you have a lawsuit or an allegation of fraud about the very system upon which our elections are selected and achieved Wouldn't you go to the guy who manages said system? And in every state in our country, that would be the secretary of state. But no, no, no. A judge has just given him a pass. Why ever would he need to testify? Let's listen to this article. On Tuesday, the almost, well, today, the almost seven years long pending federal case Challenging the use of election machines in the state of Georgia will begin. And one name will be notably absent from the witnesses called to testify. The chief election supervisor, Secretary of State Brad Raffensperger. So odd. The case, Curling versus Raffensperger, was initially filed in August of 2017, when the state of Georgia was using die-bold voting machines and has since been pending because of this. The case challenges the use of voting machines as an infringement on voters' rights because they can be hacked. As demonstrated in a thorough report submitted in the case and recently unsealed by University of Michigan computer expert, computer science expert, Professor J. Alex Halderman. So they looked at all these machines and they get all these forensic people, all these super smart people who know about computers and know all the algorithms, et cetera. And they say, "Okay, go. And they get into them and they figure out, oh, what are the vulnerabilities? That's kind of important, right? Well, they found all sorts of vulnerabilities and they scream it from the mountaintops. Hey, did you guys know that these can be connected to the Internet? Did you guys know that people with remote access can get inside these very machines and manipulate votes? Did you know, Houston, we've got a serious problem? Brad Raffensperger's response to that. Well, 
you know, if we're going to come up with a fix for that, that's just going to take too much time. There's just no way we're going to be able to get to that until after 2024. I'm sorry. Does anybody else out there think that the good old-fashioned way of election day where the polls open at 7 a.m. and they close at 8 p.m. perhaps, where you walk in in person and somebody gives you a piece of paper and you fill it out and it is monitored in a way with checks and balances and by the 11 o'clock news, the way it used to be, we had results. Does anybody else out there think that perhaps that would be a good a good place to go back? Because all of these stories where we have legitimate proof that machines are compromisable, that machines can be connected to the Internet, where people in China and Germany and Russia can get into the machines and change data. You know, the way data changed in real time on November 3rd, leading into November 4th, that necessitated quote-unquote water main breaks and all sorts of other weird mishaps. Well, I'm sorry, folks. The machines, it's just not working. Here's what we'll do. Why don't you go home, get a good night's sleep, and we'll all meet back here at 8 in the morning. Oh, perfect. Then goes the paper on the windows. Poll watchers go home. The big suitcases full of papers come out under the table. And then lo and behold, hundreds of thousands of votes change. However does that happen? Don't ask those questions, ladies and gentlemen, because you too will be called an election denier. By the way, Margaret Brennan on CBS gets absolutely destroyed when she talks about that later in the broadcast. Don't go anywhere. We're going to talk about Amos Miller and the statue of William Penn. (laughs) He was saved. Yes, it's called Pushback next on the Wendy Bell Radio Network. Welcome back to the Wendy Bell Radio Program, my friends. It is with a joy that I'm able to tell you this. This just in. It took us three days, ladies and gentlemen, to get the National Park Service to get its head out of its, uh, let's just say, progressive derriere and have them backtrack on the stupid idea to take down a statue of the founder of the state of Pennsylvania, William Penn. Because, you know, of all the world's priorities, that was number one until people lost their collective minds. Amen. Pushback is a beautiful thing. You know, you need to talk to a warrior. How about a guy who's got 30 years with the Army, who's a colonel, who's a Pennsylvania state senator, and by the way, just a great guy. I'm so delighted to bring back Doug Mastriano. Senator, welcome back, my friend. It is great to be here on this day. Thanks for having me on the show to celebrate this. This this was a time, Wendy, when so many of the Pennsylvanians rose up, contacted National Park Service, told them it was a stupid idea to remove William Penn from a park that celebrates him. And they, they keep them in our history books here. So, yes, don't grow weary. We, our voices do matter still. I, it's such a triumphant thing. They had public comment. And now, if you've gone through, I don't know, Doug, did you go on the National Park Service page? Because I did. And it's typical bureaucratic mumbo-jumbo where you have to like go through all these hoops to try to figure out, where do I put in my public comment? Did you go through that, too? 
<laughs> it's a typical bureaucratic nightmare. They make it really hard, but apparently enough of us got together and figured it out. And and I just, I just think the outrage was just so immense. I mean, imagine the irony. It's the only park in Philadelphia dedicated to William Penn. It's named after the ship he came in on to welcome. You know, it's where his house was located in 1699 to 1701. It lays out the foundation, tells his story, tells the story of Quakerism, and they're going to knock his statue down, cover up the foundations of his house that are marked on the pavement there, and put some new interpretive park on indigenous people. Ridiculous. Totally ridiculous. And they picked the wrong guy to pick on, too, Doug. This gentleman, William Penn, was one of the, I mean, let's just talk about it. He was one of the the ultimate, almost like progressives of the time. He believed in dealing fairly with the Indian tribes. He bought land from them. He didn't take it. He believed in religious freedom, the very principles we believe in today. Exactly. Now, look, so let, let's say this, he was a villain. It, it wouldn't matter because, you know, he's still a historic figure, although the left, you know, has pretenses of knocking out statues of people they don't agree with. But uh, we've seen this hypocrisy or deception because they've gone after U.S. Grant out west, I think it was in Seattle or, or San Francisco. Uh, Abraham Lincoln's statue was, was destroyed in Milwaukee a, a couple of years ago. And so William Penn, you're exactly right. He's no villain. He's, he was the most progressive visionary uh, founder that we had. He wanted freedom for all people. Uh, above all, he wanted religious freedom because he converted to Quakerism uh, as, a, as a 20-some-year-old and uh, was kicked out of his house, ended up in jail three times for his faith, three times for his political uh, views as well. And so he wanted to create a, a safe haven for people to come to walk as free men and women. That's exactly what he did. In fact, our founding documents are based off of his frame of government. 100% correct. I, it's just a tremendous victory. They had until 21st, January 21st, for public comment. I gave my own public comment, and it wasn't nice. <laughs> I'll just say it out there. I went online, and I absolutely blew them up as well. After three days, they cave victory. Doug, I want you to tell us about Amos Miller, okay? We've been following this guy. We've been following his farm. We've been following the overreach into shutting him down. You know a lot more about this story. Yeah, so I guess I could fill in some gaps here. So, you know, Amos Miller is over in Lancaster County. He's Amish. He's, he's a wonderful man. I, I spent some time with him a year or two ago going over the situation and trying to figure out what we could do at the state level. Uh, but the feds are largely coming after him because he wants to process organic meats. And apparently the feds want him to add preservatives and other additives that would not make it organic anymore. And as a result of this, and of course, there's other pretenses that they always come up with as, you know, you, you know, we can convict a ham sandwich or whatever they say. And so he, he wants to sell meat to the local Amish and local folks that don't want preservatives in their food. And the feds say, no, you have to. And so they, they're shutting him down, prosecuting and going after this peaceful man that belongs to a peaceful belief system, the Amish, and harassing him and trying to make an example of him. Our, our government is really out of control. I mean... We, we saw the DOJ come out now uh, two days ago saying we're going to go after people standing outside the Capitol on January 6th now, you know, who, who didn't break any laws, didn't know that they were, you know, trespassing. The barriers were already knocked down in some cases by the police removed. And, you know, and so this is just a scary time. You know, we really are at a crossroads. I never imagined, Wendy, when I joined the Army in the 80s and, you know, we were facing the Soviets, that godless system, as Ronald Reagan called them, and, uh, you know, that, that in a lot of ways, our government would adopt the oppression that we saw in Eastern Europe against its own people. And so this is why 
It's so important that people stay active. Look what you did with one day of comment period. The comment period opened up on the NPS site for William Penn's Welcome Park on Monday. And in one day, you turn that situation around. It's so much more important that you do something this year. Be active. You know, get out and vote. Do your part. Yeah, and it costs nothing to be able to do that, to have your voice be heard. And the pushback is real. I think the thing that scares me so much about Amos's story, Doug, is the, the loose allegations. You know, someone says they got sick after drinking his eggnog, right? Yeah. Now, we don't have any specifics. There's no proof that it came from him. There's no scientific evidence. And who knows? I'm suspicious of everybody. When the Department of Agriculture rolls in there with Pennsylvania State Police, providing the muscle and they walk out with a bunch of boxes i'm wondering what are they going to pretend that they found in those doug they've done this to us they've created a lot of suspicion and distrust yeah and, and that was the pretense to get them in the door was you know someone complained they got well, their you know, food poisoning from the egg. are you kidding me i mean i go to these local chain restaurants here and i get sick i mean i don't see the state police rolling in with the fed you know absconding with all their materials and what have you so th- this is just a scary time and so you know, it's more important now than ever that people be active and do their part, you know, their, their civic responsibility. Otherwise, this is going to continue and increase. You know, I bet the people, and you and I were both there after the train derailment, the Norfolk Southern train derailment, and the debacle in East Palestine, Ohio, where they lit up those chemicals into the sky and poisoned God knows what, Doug. On the flip side of the state, on the other side of Pennsylvania, if they spent an iota of as much time hassling Amos Miller as they did investigating or protecting the people who have gotten sick, whose land was poisoned, whose water was contaminated, whose air became toxic. My goodness, could we live in a better place? And you know what? Our state constitution guarantees that we have the right to live in a safe environment. And, you know, we're not seeing that anymore. I mean, it's terrible, Wendy. It's terrifying what's going on in our country. And, you know, and you're right, the priorities all messed up. So we're going to go after, you know, a, a, a plain folk, a simple Amish farmer in Lancaster. First, we're going to hit him on the organic meats, then hit him on eggnog and, and, and some obscure uh, gun charge you know, from some years ago. Uh, but we're not going to protect people in East Palestine and in Western Pennsylvania that were literally poisoned when I think for out of a business decision, I held the hearings in Harrisburg. I heard from Mr. Shaw, the CEO, and my conclusion, based off of what I heard from the people and other experts, although that was a business decision to burn those eight cars full of chemicals to get them out of the way faster than it would be than draining them and moving the chemicals to a safe disposal site. And, you know, yet, yet those people have forgotten. One of my one of the friends that I met there during the hearings and during my, my visits there, um, you know, he has epilepsy now. And so and when he has the, a seizure... You can't drive for 30 days. And so how do you get to your job? You know, how do you survive? I mean, it's been catastrophic for so many people and and they've been forgotten. And you know what, Doug, now a lot of people who are not familiar with you, who don't know about your service to the country, who don't know what you've done to to fight not only for our safety, but for world safety. They, they don't know that there's some dude in the Pennsylvania House who's coming after you because you decided to go hear President Trump on January 6th. Yeah. And, you know, the Democrats, they have nothing to run on. So. 
You know, for over two years, we're hearing about an insurrection, you know, and, and clearly there was no insurrection. You know, bad things happened. It broke into a riot, but there was no armed insurrection. It was, if it was, it was the worst planned and executed one, you know, in the history of the world. And, you know, I'm, I'm making light of that. But, you know, we, the false narratives went out by the media, and the Democrats have failed us. They, they you know, Afghanistan, what, what an embarrassment. What's going on in Israel now and around the world with Russia and China? Our economy is collapsing. You know, the housing market, we're, we have a lot of questions what's going to happen this year to it. Uh, inflation. And so instead of tackling the issues that matter, we, we're dealing with an administration that wants to take William Penn out of our history books. So they're going to rename Pennsylvania then as well. That's Penn's Woods. Uh, I mean, are you kidding me? And then, you know, the, the harp on, you know, what happened two years ago for innocent people standing outside. And it's just, I think so many more eyes are, are, are being opened. There's always, you know, a segment of the population that were the loyalists that fought for the British that are going to stand by, you know, uh, what's going on in D.C. no matter what, no matter what facts come out here. But for most of the people, Americans, they, don't, they want to live their lives and be left the heck alone. And so how you guarantee this, and this is why we're seeing a, an awakening in the Anabaptists, you know, the, the Amish and Mennonites who historically for 500 years have not been involved in politics, not voted. But they were severely affected in 2020 by the shutdown. Their businesses and their families suffered. And so as a result, we're seeing this rising movement come out of the Amish community, the Plain Folks community. And uh, this might be another reason why they're going after you know uh, Amos Miller here, to get them to back off, because they, they could change the outcome of elections. And it's all about sending a message. That's why they rolled in heavy with Mark Houck. The guy, the, the, the father of seven, who was a, a sidewalk, you know, protester of abortions and whatnot. And, and they rolled in on that. It's all optics. It's heavy muscle. And it's to send a message to silence those of us who might be emboldened to speak up, Doug. It's what it is. It really is. I mean, to go in so heavy-handed with, you know, 30 personnel and, you know, a dozen vehicles to Mark Houck and in front of his family on a Sunday morning, you know, with, with rifles drawn on him. Are you kidding me? You know, and look, I, I love our law enforcement or you know, our peace enforcement officers, whatever you want to call them. But isn't that not a violation of your oath when you're going in heavy handed as a tool, you know, of, of another agency? I mean, really, it should be measured in the Army. I mean, we're supposed to deal with you know, a proportionate force in, in situations in combat for 30 years. You know, had we gone in heavy like that, I can't even imagine we would entertain that. And so... That's why people have to be active. It's don't grow weary. I know it's so easy, Wendy. You deal with this every day. You know, and people are like, you know, I, I'm not going to vote. My vote doesn't count. Well, then, do you not even love your country a little bit? I mean, it's, it's so inconvenient to spend 10, 15 minutes, you know, maybe 30 minutes this year because it's a presidential election, to uh, have a say in what our kids and grandkids are going to have. A hundred percent. And you're a new grandpap. I love it. Senator Mastriano, <laughs> Colonel, always a pleasure. You're a friend of our show. We appreciate you and what you do, sir. Thank you. Thank you. God bless. You as well, sir. All right. Don't go anywhere, ladies and gentlemen. Coming up next on the Wendy Bell Radio Network. Why do Democrats love illegals so much? Well, wait for it. That's next. You know, sometimes a Democrat who doesn't mean to says something that is everything. And there's one such person out there. She is a New York uh, representative. Her name is Yvette Clark. And this is very interesting. So 
we all know that having people come across our border is a multi-pronged problem that is by design for many reasons and for many different kinds of people's benefits. Not for yours, because you're going to pay for it. But if we're going to go back to the idea of Cloward Piven, the communist couple who had this socialist plan takeover of America, right? And you need chaos. You need to overwhelm the system. You need everybody like, ah, in order to then swoop in as a government and say, we're going to take over. We're going to do it. We've, we're in charge to then institute a new government of suck. And that is where you would take a democracy, a constitutional republic, and you would overwhelm it with all sorts of people who do not belong here, but who've been welcomed here because that's the plan, right? Overwhelm all of the welfare system, all of the hospitals, everything, make chaos, and then let these folks come in and say, you know what? We believe in this whole global liberal world order. So that's the basic idea. You already know that, but it gets worse. This lady, Yvette Clark, is going to say the quiet part out loud about the illegals. We need a flood of humanity in because we need to redistrict so that we can have more, quote unquote, Democrats in our district so we can remain in Congress. Why would you want to remain in Congress? Well, you can get rich in Congress. You can do unfettered, illegal uh, insider trading deals all day long. I mean, just... Just look at the reports that we dropped last week on you. How many people in Congress have gotten so beyond rich? They beat the markets. One dude, a Democrat, made 256% on his investments last year. That's just impossible unless you got some help. So you want to stay in office because it's a wonderful place to be because you'll stay there forever unless there's a grassroots movement to kick you out. I want you to hear this young lady. A New York... A congresswoman named Yvette Clark saying, I need more people in my district just for redistricting purposes. I'm clinging to my political survival is what she's saying. Listen to the conversation. I'm from Brooklyn, New York. We have a diaspora that, that can absorb a significant number of these migrants. And I, that, you know, when I hear uh, colleagues talk about, uh, you know, the, 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 the doors of the inn being closed, um, no room in the inn, I, I'm saying, you know, I, I need more people in my district, but just for redistricting purposes. And those members could, could clearly uh, fit here. This is a woman who does not represent her constituents. This is a black woman who has served for a while her particular ninth district, whatever, in Brooklyn. Her constituents, one would argue, are likely black. And what is she is saying to her black voters, who she's apparently supposed to be serving, is I don't care as much about you as I care about these people from all over the planet who I need in my zip code within the parameters of my district in order to stay in office. Now, these people who come across, who settle in our communities, they're going to require an awful lot of money. And what she is telling her people is, I subscribe to the great replacement theory. I'll tell you what you need to hear 
So you think I'm fighting for you because, you know, we all kind of look alike and feel alike, right? But I'm really in it for me. I'm going to bring all these people who are going to drain our system dry. They're going to need welfare. They're going to need free health care. They're going to need all of this stuff. And we're going to provide it for them so that I can stay in office. Isn't that just, doesn't that warm your heart? So great that these people have wonderful intentions. As New York collapses... Under the weight of Joe Biden's broken border and a never-ending stream of illegals stretching our resources. Well, there you have it. At least one New York Democrat is celebrating what it means for her politically. New York City Mayor Eric Adams sharing that the city is supporting 110,000 asylum seekers who have arrived since April of 2022 with up to 10,000 more coming every month. That'll be 200,000, 250,000 by the end of this year, ladies and gentlemen. They're not seeking asylum. If you're seeking asylum, you're fleeing persecution. You are fleeing danger. Your life is at stake. You don't want to just come to America because you think you can make money or the system's going to pay you. That's not a legitimate reason. Of course, now it is. In September, Eric Adams told a crowd at an Upper West Side town hall meeting, let me tell you something, New Yorkers. Never in my life have I had a problem that I did not see an ending to. I don't see an ending to this. This issue will destroy New York City. Destroy New York City. The city we knew we're about to lose. You know what happened after he said that? Radio silence from the Biden administration. Zero contact. Done. You're not allowed to say that. You're not allowed to say that. It's obvious. It is beyond obvious. And now I stumbled upon a story, story in one of the sources that I that I follow. There's been migrants who are suing. They're suing us for a lack of quality care. They believe that they have rights. Um do you guys want to tell them or should I be the one? Do you want to be the tell be, be the one who tells New York representative Yvette Clark? We don't care about your political prospects. We care about our communities. You do not. All of this is a very eye-opening before an election look at your options. Who do you like better? People who are in it for themselves? Or people who are in it for America. That's a no-brainer. Hour number three of the Wendy Bell Radio program is next. Speaking of the border catastrophe, you know, starting with redistricting, well, it ends with every migrant becoming a Democrat voter. Facts. Next. 